We're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit, and I hope that it's been as encouraging to you as it has been to me uh, to kind of learn and uh, remind myself that there is the third person of the Trinity, and they are all equal, and they are all one, and uh, we uh, sometimes forget about the Spirit's work in our lives and in our world, and hopefully throughout the series we're reminded of just how involved the Spirit is, is with the advancement of the gospel, uh, with its work in our lives still today to cultivate a heart for God. Uh, I've read two familiar passages so far uh, in, our, in our sort of liturgy of our worship this morning. Uh, reading from Ezekiel and from Jeremiah, there are two passages that were about God renewing his covenant with Israel saying, you know, God's not giving up on them. I'm going to give them a new heart. And the way that he talked about that was is that his spirit was going to be with them and that they would know the law. Well, in, in Galatians 5, we're going to see the spirit and the law at work. And it's kind of a, a, a springboard off of uh, Romans 8 from last week that we are a spirit-guided people. And Galatians 5 is all about the fruit of the Spirit. And I, I can't think of anything more delightful and fun than singing the fruit of the Spirit song. I don't know if you'd all want to hop in with me, but the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut, you know. It's not a watermelon. It's not a pineapple. It's not a bunch of grapes, but it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then you kind of go up on the control part. But uh, anyways, I have, so, it, you know, one of those tools that you can use to help memorize scripture is, is song. This is a little sidebar, has nothing to do with my sermon. But there's, a, there's an, uh, a group of musicians called Seeds Family Worship, S-E-E-D-S, Seeds Family Worship. And they have all sorts of scriptures that are set to music. And we love to play them at our Wednesday Kids Night. We love to play them. Uh, around our house and just helping our kids be exposed to God's word in a fun way. Seeds family worship. It even works for adults. So just a heads up, you know, it's okay. You might get looks if you're blaring it in your uh, uh, in your car down the road, but um, at least they'd be healthy looks, right? Like, look at how holy they are. Um, we're going to continue in our uh, our study though this morning. It's going to be all about through the Spirit. We would read in our text, it's Galatians chapter 5. We'll start in verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Verse 5, 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, is love, is joy, is peace, is forbearance, is kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have have those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and his desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us be guided by the Spirit. Let us walk with the Spirit. This morning, I want to simply encourage us that the fruit of the Spirit leads us to be the people that God is calling us to. That this Spirit embedded in our hearts allows us to know and understand God in new and wonderful ways and understand His law in a new way. I, uh, when, I first, when I first started teaching, uh, a long time ago now, I can remember thinking, man, this is a great illustration. And I was talking about the speed limit and saying there's no, there's no speed limit on the love that comes out of your life. And that's what Paul means by there's no law against the fruit of the Spirit. There's no law against love. Like what are you going to put the limit on? And how much joy you can have? I mean, some people we want to limit their joy a little bit. You know, it's like, whoa, whoa. You know, no one's that happy. You know, first time I met Gary Boschan, he was the minister. He's no longer there. He was a minister at uh, First Christian Church in Warsaw. And, I, and he's just, you know, he'll come in, and he's this big, big guy, and he just comes in, and he shakes your hand, and it's this, it's this full motion, you know. And he grabs your hand, and he shakes it real hard, and he's like, hey, brother! And it's just like, is, are you serious right now? Like, is this, are you being real with me? Like, you know, and uh, I've known him, I've known him for uh, 12 years now, and uh, that's him. Like he's just this most joyful, loving, gracious guy you'd ever meet. And you know, you want him to dial it down a notch, but you realize how infectious his joy is, how wonderful he is. And and I miss him. He's not uh, at Warsaw any longer. Uh, he's doing other uh, other things uh, for the kingdom. But uh, just when I think of joy and I think about like just how much joy he has. Uh, he's got that fruit in him, or he's got that spirit in him that bears that fruit. But I often thought, okay, there's, what he's saying is, is that there's no limitation to these sorts of things. And after uh, further inspection, I don't think that I was right, uh, however many years ago that was. What I think he's talking about is, very simply, if I have the spirit guiding me, the law is no longer necessary as it once was. In a world where we are filled with the hardened hearts that we have from sin, we have to put a limitation on things. When we look at uh, when we look at someone who is bent on anger and rage, we have to put up a limitation that says, "Thou shalt not murder." When we look at uh, in our world and we look at all the things that are going wrong with it, and how quickly and easily our hearts are bent towards envy and jealousy. We need to put a law out that says, Thou shalt not covet. But if we have the new heart, with a new flesh, with the spirit that's living in us, Paul is saying, you no longer need to have a limit. You no longer need the law because to a person who has the spirit of Christ in them, you are going to bear the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. You don't need the law for people who have the Spirit 
who go out in their lives and they look to love others and they are patient and they aren't filled with anger and rage, but they are filled with forgiveness and kindness and graciousness and generosity. And so Paul is saying, yeah, your whole lives have been dictated about the laws and the restrictions and keeping a fence around our behaviors and our reactions and all of these things that divide us and hurt us and cause so much harm in our world. And Paul is saying there's something new about you now today. And there's no law that says, uh, there's no longer a law that is necessary for you because you have God's Spirit in you. And God's Spirit in you says, I am going to be a loving person. I am going to be gracious and kind because I have Christ's Spirit in me, working in me. There's no law against that. Does that make sense? You guys are excited this morning. Thanks. So we become a people who are led by the Spirit and no longer led by the flesh. We're a people with the Spirit in us. We're a people who love and are others focused. It's the aim of discipleship. It's the aim of becoming followers of Jesus that we would move from being self-interested seekers to others-interested disciples. From being self-interested seekers to others-interested disciples. I am very, very good at self-interest seeking. And I imagine hanging out with lots of you that you guys all have the same thing going on, right? <laughs> it's, our life is all about what, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? What are the, what are the you know, if I'm going to invest myself in this, what, what's my return? We're constantly evaluating things on whether or not we're interested in it and if we're going to get any benefit from it. And what the Spirit starts to do in us, whether we like it or not, is the Spirit begins a work in us that we become a people who are more interested in others than we are in our own needs and our own self. If you think about the nature of all of the fruit, they are all other-interested focused. You know, think about love. Love is an expression of graciousness, of kindness. It is, a, it is a radical commitment. It is a sacrificial nature. That's, that's love. And what is love if, if there's not someone that you need to express sacrifice to and commitment towards? You think about peace, and peace is others interested because you are seeking to bring about reconciliation. You're seeking to bring about forgiveness and oneness and unity. You think about faithfulness. What is faithfulness? unless there is someone that you are walking alongside faithfully with and that you are uh, doing life with, and uh, pardon the Christianese, sorry, but that we would walk together with people in oneness faithfully. And so thinking about the fruits, they're all others-focused. And I know what you're thinking out there, at least maybe you are, is what about self-control? Isn't that self-focused? Well, self-control to me is the epitome of being others focused because I can deny myself and consider the needs of others that's self-control that it's not oh me 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 it's not what I'm interested in it's about me t- 
taking a moment to deny myself and say, no, I can display self-control in this, you know, one, one moment in my life and think about someone else before myself. So the Spirit is leading us to be from being self-interested seekers, which is totally appropriate, I think. That we do have an interest and we, drew, uh, we do draw concern about what God is doing in the world and what is going on for ourselves and what we need. But what the Spirit does in us, it turns and it flips the switch and we realize that as self-interested seekers, we discover that Jesus Christ is our life, that Jesus Christ is our sustenance, that He is our strength and He is all that we need. And once we know that we have Christ, once we know that we have Him, then we are free to be a people who empty ourselves for others. We have all we need in Him. So we can, we can love and we can minister and we can care. Uh, Kevin, your uh, communion meditation made me think about Henry Nouwen. And this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but I think it connects. Uh, and it's, uh, it's about interruptions. Henry Nouwen, he was, he was um, a Catholic priest he spent a lot of time frustrated that people would come into his office and they would disrupt his work. And then he realized that the interruptions were his work. He went from being the self-interested sort of worker to realizing that he needed to be an others-interested disciple of realizing that, that the interruptions are his ministry and people interjecting and inconveniencing your life. These are opportunities to bless and encourage and be available. We need to make ourselves available to be an other-interested sort of community. I'm asking what's in it for me, but what is it that I get to give? And what we get to give is we get to share the joy and love of Jesus Christ. And I believe that the spirit that is at work in us is something that should cultivate in us a true joy and a true happiness. That Christians, I know this might surprise you, some of you folks grew up in a time where you weren't supposed to be happy, and I understand that. But today, I believe truly that Christians should be the most joy-filled people in the world. If not us, who is it going to be? But we, what we know about the world and what we understand about it is that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, and He is alive in heaven, and He has given us His Spirit, and He is alive in you. And there was, there was so many things that were thrown at him of hatred and of evil. And there was so much thrown at our Savior, but he still died on the cross for us, and he rose from the dead, and he was victorious over sin and victorious over, de uh, over death. He is victorious over all things. He is firstborn of, over all of creation. And it's this Christ who is in us, who loves us and gave his life for us. And so thinking back to last week's message about who can condemn us if we are in Christ, who can stand against us, who can separate us from Christ. And it gave Paul the courage, and it gave the Roman Christians courage, and it still gives, a, gives Christians around the world the courage today to keep living for Christ because they know that the one who is in them is greater than the things that are happening to them in the world. That they can face suffering and they can face hardship knowing that he has faced the greatest hardship and he has overcome all of it for us. And so we look at our lives and we look at what's going on and the, all of our difficulty, all of our struggle, and all of these things that can sort of weigh us down 
and we realize that there is one who is greater than the world living in us. And we may not have moments where we really want to smile, but we realize that there are circumstances that can't take away our joy. Some of the greatest testimonies are wonderful, amazing people who face the greatest hardships and they display a trust in God. People given a cancer diagnosis and they face it with faith and trust and knowing that whatever the outcome, Jesus is going to heal them. Parents given diagnosis that you're going to have heart surgery. My dad still is concerned about his family. He wrote up a big update. And he didn't say, pray for me. He said, pray for my family. Selflessness. The only way we get there is because God's Spirit is in us and it's changing us and it's transforming us to be a people who are loving and patient and kind and generous and gentle and faithful. I got out of order, so I forget what I haven't said. It's self-control. these things start coming out of us because we have Christ in us. He is is faithful because He is love, because He is gentle, because He is forgiving, because He is in us. It's coming out of us. And we're a community of this Spirit, a community of love and faithfulness and support and encouragement and generosity. We can be a people who wait on the Lord. It's funny, Kevin, that you were stuck at a railroad. When I'm at a railroad crossing, this is the way my brain works, I count the cars. I also see the length of the cars, and some of them say 60 and some of them say 90. And so then I take a fixed point and I count them. This has nothing to do with my sermon. I count them, and then I I count the rate of them over a period of a minute, and then I take the time, and I try and calculate how fast it's going. I have severe issues. Um, But it's all, I do that to pass the time, because I can't stand waiting. I can't stand not having instantly what I want. I know I'm the only one in the room who has a hard time with patience and waiting. You know, no one's ever honked at someone or called them, you know. I love driving down the road because, you know, it really brings out the best in me and the best in others. You know, if you're driving slower than me, you're a slow poke. If you're driving faster than me, you're an idiot. You know, it's like you just got to be right there with me, right? I've been working on that punchline a little bit. Okay. I'll, I'll deliver it again another time to see if I can get a better laugh. But, um, uh, but when I pull up to a stoplight, it's like I'm analyzing who's going to get off the line a little faster. If you're Tim Chickering, you just choose the right lane and you get behind the semi. <laughs> Tim's not here to defend himself, and that's what he gets. Uh, it's, you should all just ride with Tim one time. And you will think, oh, I'm a patient person, but you ride with Tim, and he's just the most careful driver you would ever meet. And so, yeah, so I love, there's nothing wrong with that. Renee's vouching for him. Um, You know, just stay off the road when I'm on it. So, no. 
we were uh, we were working on our our big project for Triton Gives Back, and uh, the big one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to provide uh, food for the uh, Bread of Life Pantry, and so we asked the students to bring in pantry things, uh, and over the course of the two weeks, we would reward the the greatest. Um, or the best group that brought the most food. Well, it wasn't working. People weren't bringing anything in. We were rewarding them. We were like, we're going to give you a pizza party. And it it wasn't working. And one of the teachers, uh, Ashley Faulkner, she said, you know, I think they need a more immediate reward. I was like, oh, yeah, they probably do. And we started giving them an ice cream treat at the end of the day, and you know what? The, the pantry giving went up because they got a reward quicker. I am, uh, I am ashamedly at sort of a, you know, a part of the problem. There's this thing called Netflix. You know, I grew up in the era where you had to wait a week to watch your next episode, but in the age of Netflix and the age of Hulu, like in the age of all of this stuff. The, there's no waiting. You can watch a whole season in a week, you know. If you like Doritos and, and Mountain Dew, you can watch it, you know, all night, and you can get through the whole thing. But, um, you know, that's not recommended. That's not spiritual exercise. But, uh, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, it's this instantaneous, it's the immediacy, it's all that we want in the immediate present. And here's what, I, here's what I've been thinking about is we are so conditioned to get things instantly that we have forgotten what it means to wait on the Lord. And there are some of the greatest blessings in our lives come by waiting. Yeah, I'll say it. It's okay. There have been a couple of times where I was this close to leaving. It wasn't anything you guys did, only one or two of you. But, um, you know, it was a better option. It was a better place. Um, One of them was to move closer um, so that I could be there for my dad in a moment like this. And I thought, man, I I think that this is what I have to do to be able to do these things. And I've made a handful of good decisions in my life. Marrying Wendy is one of them. I think it's in the top five. (laughs) And stumbling into Etna Green, letting and you guys letting a 23-year-old kid come be your minister. And choosing to stay. Choosing to stay. And I don't offer that as like a, some self-righteous thing or like whatever. Like I stumbled into it. I would just really beg God for peace. And I had no peace about leaving and every bit of peace about staying. And that staying has proven to me that waiting on the Lord is where the greatest blessings are. I am fearful that we run so quickly towards what is quick and simple and in the moment 
and what feels good that we forget to trust in the Lord and wait on Him and listen to His Spirit. And for the few times that I've gotten it right, there are many hundreds of times where I've just raced through a situation. I haven't taken a moment to say, God, what is it that you want us to do? And God, help us to know how to be patient and trust you and listen to you and walk with you. Taking the time for God's Spirit to move us and not me to move along and say, hey, Spirit, come along and bless this, but letting the Spirit be the wind to our back and blowing us to where we need to go and be. And sometimes we'll get that right, and when we do, it is so good. And friends, when I think about the Spirit, <laughs> I saw this video and I thought, man, this is, this is the Spirit, and I hope it works. I shared it with you earlier this week. I want you to pay attention to number 50. I think he's a rock star. There's no sound. Number 50, he hooks up the little guy. He says, here, man, try it. And he helps him along. Next kid, he totally misses it. I guess it's 50 again. Come on. All right, there you go. And he helps the little guy. And then look at that. And he makes the basket. You guys knew that was coming. Now, now look at him. Look at him. Look at that joy. Look at the excitement. And look at what he's sharing. The <laughs> double fist bump, like shooter, yeah. I know it's cheesy, but if you could just see number 50 as God's Spirit and how much joy and how much love and how much help and how much He wants to give us, will we just let Him lift us up? Will we just listen to Him and trust in His strength instead of our own strength? Will we be patient and wait on Him when we mess up the first time, will we trust in Him to help us the next time? And I think when we get that, I think we get that joy. I think we get that exuberant feeling, a feeling like God is using us in the way that He's asked us to and wants me to. And that's the life that is given us in Jesus Christ. That's the life with God's Spirit in you. I don't say this often enough, but I love you. Far more importantly, God loves you, and He gave His life for you. Let's be His children and walk with Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we treasure the gift of life and love and freedom and hope and salvation that we have in your son Jesus. And we thank you that your spirit is here with us and it's in us and it's moving us and shaping us. God, that we would be your people. We pray that the fruit of your spirit in us would pour out of us, God, that we would be patient and loving and kind and gracious and generous, forgiving, peace-loving people. God, that because we have you, we can share you with others. Because we have you, we can have peace and hope for the new day. 
God, that we can face circumstances beyond our control knowing that you're with us and that your son has overcome. God, we love you and we trust you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. That's the closing of Galatians and the closing of 2 Corinthians offers us another encouragement. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I didn't know what all God would do with the Holy Spirit series. I kind of stumbled into it, honestly. But it's proven over and over again to me that this has been something God has wanted for us. That we would simply be a people who are open to His Spirit and listening to Him every day. Will you please stand and sing?